Hey, I hear I hear that you have a story for me. I do. I do. I have a story. This is from a while back, but it's a story that just kind of keeps on giving witches that there were several witches. Um, witches. 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 Um, that were trying to put a hex on the moon via TikTok and maybe somehow advance the or somehow influence the election specifically witches who were trying to quote raise a mighty blue wave to wash away the corruption and justice and wickedness of donald trump and the republican party they were trying to hex the president yeah um and but i think it's important to note that they were trying to hex the president in order to quote ensure a peaceful transition of power oh i see mm-hmm. yeah well i've got yeah. i've got a story for you to counter how do you that even one. counter that oh i've Talk got a, oh i've got a counter for you how about pastor to the president paula white King, oh. leading a prayer service for trump's re-election calling forth in a spiritual frenzy angels from other continents yeah to come and break the demonic strongholds that would prevent donald j trump from becoming president again of the united states <laughs> I can't. What do you think of that? I think this is weird religion. <laughs> a podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. I'm Brian Doak. I'm a professor, biblical scholar, author, and I have never put a hex on anyone or been hexed <laughs> in my life. I'm Leah Payne. I'm a historian, author, professor, and amateur minimalist. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about the attempts by witches to hex the presidency of Donald Trump and counterattempts to release angels from other continents to help the president. Yes, we will look at the principalities and powers weighing in on the fate of the nation and the powers they wrangle to advance their cause. To me, this is the weirdest religious story of this election season so far. Is it though? Don't say that or something weirder is <laughs> going to come along. I call it into being. Join us. Join us. Okay, let's start. Okay, what about this witch's story? Like, okay. What's, what is this about? Like how... I, okay, I've, I've got a little bit actually of, of a sound clip to play. Should I play okay. a little bit of a clip sure, from sure, one sure. of these? I, I'm guessing that there were many things like this. This mm-hmm. was a spell cast at Trump Tower actually in 2017. Okay. But I'm imagining there were similar kind of things going on. So mm-hmm. here's here's a clip of like what that sounded like. Okay, that's example so, number okay, one. So there, okay, so that's that's that. And there, there was some burning of some candles and some objects were being burned. So that's just a little clip of what that what that sounded like. So it's yeah, so they were burning some things. So I'm looking at it, they're burning some things, they're kinda of sitting outside. There's also like a confrontation, so some people come up to them and are like saying, Get out of here, you're nasty, your intentions are nasty, and they're basically being yelled at as okay, well. Okay, okay. Wait, I, don't you have the one? Okay, but l- 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 let's just okay. focus on this. You like, want to focus on, okay, Like great. this idea of like cursing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like people, uh, it's almost like bringing like this like, I don't know, br- bringing the, the, the political moment into the sphere of just a straight up spiritual battle. Does it feel to you as an observer, a, a observer of American religion that this focus on seeing the presidential election as a spiritual battle 
is more intense now? Is it new? Is it? Well, okay. I don't think it's new, but it does seem more intense in part because of the women involved in this oh, current moment. I think yes. I think that this is a really gendered. This what that yeah, this is thing, these are right. Yes, why why do you think it's taking on this 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 gender? Well, profile? um, I mean, historically speaking. Um, women, there, there's, there are a lot of, um, great historical analysis done on women, um, and their relationship to witchcraft. So Mm. like in the early modern era, many women were, um, killed by, because they were suspected of being witchcraft or witches. Mm -hmm. And there's like a lot of good gender criticism that notes that the description of women and the description of witches, there's like a lot of overlap between those two things. They're Um, long, they're long hair. Yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of the, like women were, um, for better or for worse associated with um, the occult mm. in the early modern era, which would be an era in Europe wherein most people were Christian mm-hmm. and um, would have seen that as a direct threat, not just to the woman, but to her community, uh. to the well-being of the entire you know, society. Mm-hmm. So I think women have always been associated, at least in our kind of modern understanding, mm-hmm. with, with witchcraft. And then sociologically, like women often operate outside the normal corridors of power because Mm -hmm. they haven't been historically admitted to them. So in the one hand, it's like not surprising that women operate in those circles, but the fact that like the conversation about our body politic is Uh so spiritualized is fascinating. Like Marianne Williamson. Oh, I forgot about her. Remember her? We were going to do an episode on her. Uh We totally, that was when we were, we were kind of taking a break in the election year. We We, we missed out on that. That was one where we were texting each other and we were like, we are missing this. I know. I know. Yeah. So she was like a very spiritual, like new agey, type person who was a mm-hmm. candidate for president a serious candidate she was in the debates i mean totally. at, the, at the primary level and she did she did well she performed well i thought so um yeah like this is just the moment i feel like for a very spiritual and very feminine like presence it seems like oh man. so i don't know respond to that oh bible scholar has that always been the case well uh, yeah i mean the idea of politics and religion they go together like Peanut butter Rebel and jelly. Yep. Whatever you think goes together. <laughs> they go together. Religion and politics go yep, together. Yep. Stop um, trying to pull them apart. People. Don't try to pull them apart. It's it's won't work. I think part of the problem is just like it's a sort of a I don't know I guess a, a like an ethical or philosophical or just cultural problem, which is if you're going to talk about your most serious values, if you're going to talk about who has the power to deploy a nuclear weapon, and you're not going to bring spirituality you're gonna have to ground you're gonna have to fund that i think the notion of banks and funding here is appropriate oh okay, you can't okay. you can't pay for it if you're if you're talking about things that are that serious like life and death life and death human rights mm. r- racism the economy just think of all the things you can't you got to pay for that you got to pay for the statements you make it can't you can't be handing people monopoly money <laughs> on that front you know you got to put down some real cash oh uh, on the okay table. okay and that real cash is going to come in the form of like deeply held cosmic values not just like hey why do you think you know this or that should happen well you know i don't know i just kind of believe it like 
history right now is acting very large in the world to quote a, a, a page I like out of, out of a book by Terry Eagleton called after theory. He says, you know, what's crazy right now about the world. He was writing right after nine 11, but I think uh-huh. it applies today. He says, you know, what's crazy. History is acting big right now, but we intellectually are acting very small. We're yeah. saying, well, we can't really justify who we are, what we are. And especially in the West, it's like philosophers are arriving hot foot with the knowledge that there really are no justifications for anything that we do <laughs> at the exact same time that America was facing and maybe still faces in different ways. Existential threats to its very existence. Yes. yes. Which d- can you kind of see, oh, listener, how those two things maybe don't go together? Mm. The very small, limited, totally toothless explanation for why you are what you are and think what you think combined with the need to explain exactly why you should have what you have and who you are at the biggest level possible to justify what you get see okay that's a fascinating argument because it's basically let me see if i can sum this up it's like we as a society have brought a knife to a gunfight in the sense that we just are totally unprepared and one of the things that i thought was fascinating about the coverage of these witch stories is that usually Mm -hmm. the witch stories are told with like a very um a mocking lens Mm -hmm. you know like looking at these people saying like oh aren't they so silly or something like that when in fact maybe they're not the silly ones maybe they're Mm -hmm. like trying to i think people covered marianne williamson like that too and she said she said something about like the president representing a cosmic evil or something like right, that. Right. And people really laughed at that. But I will say, isn't she kind of saying something that people are using like more mundane yes. like tools to try yes. to say, but they're yes. not actually getting at what they yep. what they really mean. So I there there was an article in the Atlantic that came out um in I think it was in the spring and it said why witchcraft is on the rise. Oh. It was talking about like the sociological reasons why basically the, the subtitle of the article is Americans interest in spell casting tends to wax as instability rises and trust in establishment ideas plummets. Oh, and that was really interesting. It's sort of like the witches they were arguing that witches as a a sociological phenomena uh-huh. are like the counterpart to the populism uh-huh. or the, or maybe like the the they exist in the same like moral universe. Yeah, like they're running in that lane. Like this is how people take power. It's very interesting to me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. now you've got on the one side the witches and the hex. What can poor Donald Trump possibly do in the face of that? Oh, he comes how about, prepared. How about a counter hex? <laughs> This one, this and this one may be a little bit more famous, making the rounds. This yes, is Paula White. Yes. Paula White is something of like a, is it fair to say she's kind of like a personal pastor to the president or has yes. tried to put herself in that oh, role? Oh, she's exactly that. Yeah, she's so, described in that way. Yeah, personal. Now, he, she is at a prayer service here. Mm-hmm. This is in 2020. This is right on the, This is, I think, believe this was on election day that this even happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a prayer service. This is particularly for Donald Trump to somehow counteract the cosmic forces that might sway the election in, in her view, the wrong direction. Let's listen at how she does this. If you've never heard anything like this, my friends, if if unlike <laughs> dear Leah Payne and myself, you've never been a part of charismatic Pentecostal services this and heard might these sound prayers. Weird to you. Warning, it's gonna sound weird anyway, but just warning, okay? Mm-hmm. But we're gonna let mm-hmm. you we're gonna make you listen to forty five seconds of this because yep. you just got to. Ready? We break and divide every demonic confederate 
conspiracy against the election, against America, against that who you have declared to be in the White House. We break it up in the name of Jesus. We lose confusion into every demonic confederacy directed right now at this election, directed specifically at the six states. We come against people that are working at high levels right now with demonic confederacies and, and demonic plans and networks. We break it up and we command that it be exposed right now in the name of Jesus. Strike and strike. The angels have even been dispatched from Africa right now. Africa right now. Africa right now. From Africa right now. They're coming here. They're coming here. In the name of Jesus from South America. They're coming here. They're coming here. They're coming here. They're coming here. From Africa. From South America. Angelic forces. Angelic reinforcement. Angelic reinforcement. Angelic reinforcement. Now. Okay. Now. Now, I'm going to, okay, so what? You got to pause. What? Now, right at the end there, a yeah. scholar of Pentecostalism, yeah, oh what, yeah. what is she doing there right at the end? She's oh, saying yeah, words she's starting, that, those, don't, those don't sound like words. Are those words? Uh, what, what she is, is speaking in tongues. She is. She's speaking in tongues. Yeah, using um, what Pentecostals will call a spiritual language. Mm. Yeah, to meet the moment. There have been a <laughs> lot of, a lot of, like, um, remixes and there's one where it has a, a cadence video. to it right like yeah ever yeah and like <laughs> i saw i think i saw one that was using like a an eminem song i think with a cat is that right um, um yeah I, f- I feel like that one exists and i see a heavy metal remix there's on here. <laughs> there's one with a um where a guy dresses up like an angel it like he's one of the angels that she's talking to in africa yeah. and is like uh yeah no thanks <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> if but you follow us on the socials, we'll try to post he, a couple of these. Here's the thing, these things, you know. But. Okay, so I knew that that would get get her immediate ridicule. Yeah. Um, you, you saw this and you were like, no. Nope, of course. Not gonna, not gonna yeah, work. it's going to. She's going to be on the receiving end of a ton of. Yeah. Um. Not not unlike how the witches have right. been received, and so I, I think the thing is, is that when you're in that world, mm-hmm. um, and I should say that she's she's not like. Historically, she's not been a mainstream charismatic yeah. figure. She's like a televangelist who mm-hmm. has her own like kind of controversial. Yeah. So n- your average charismatic or Pentecostal probably doesn't even really know that much about her and wouldn't have right. known about her at all before I see. Um, before her her ascendancy in the White House. However, they know about who she is now. <laughs> they know now. What do you yeah. think? What do you think people who aren't familiar with this style of spirituality would misunderstand after hearing, watching her, or hearing her pray like that? <sighs> is is that is it just what it seems to be, or is there some like context here that like we should know about? Well, oh yeah, there's a lot of contexts here. Like you know, Paula White is known for adopting what is traditionally thought of as a black preaching style, like a. Um, a traditional like black Southern mm. um, preaching style. And so there's a lot of conversation about her appropriation of that style. Uh, and it's especially relevant. She's to, white. She's white. It's especially relevant to her status as Donald Trump's personal pastor, because he doesn't have what I would think of as a warm relationship um, with most African-American congregations right. in, in the country. Um, at least if, if polls are, are reliable, um, judge so so she herself like so you would want to understand that like her history mm-hmm. um in in pentecostalism in african-american churches um i think you'd want to know about like pentecostal understandings of the spiritual world like uh, there's a scholar who i know 
um, a really great Pentecostal um, theologian, a guy named Dale Coulter, who who nerded out on her <laughs> prayers and provided this really. And I should I'll get a link to it for this um, for our our podcast today, um, and send it so you all can look at. He he went in depth into the history of like this idea that there are spiritual realms, like that you could call right, an right. angel from Africa. Well, that was going to be that my next. That sounds crazy to people. Put that on Twitter. Put that on Twitter for sure. We're, yeah. We're, weird religion. At Weird Religion. We're on Twitter, okay? Just a reminder, uh, and Leah's been doing our Twitter. She's been doing a fantastic job. We went I'm f- terrible at we Twitter. We went from zero to where we are today, yeah. friends, and it was not easy. <laughs> it's and, a very And Leah audience. did all of that. I was going to ask about the Africa thing, because yeah. I think that's the thing right away that probably somebody at first blush that would be maybe the most offensive part of the prayer is that <laughs> right. why is she summoning angels from Africa and South America explicitly for this and maybe the part of the answer is in this charismatic understanding that there are spiritual realms like angels are they have like quadrants they're like, like home dispatched territories. to yes so yes. she's asking for she's she's whatever other kind of maybe racist problems maybe that she has or appropriation I don't know but she's asking for like She's just asking for more reinforcements, like what we've got here isn't enough. Yes. And Dale Coulter goes into pretty good detail about like there are certain Pentecostal preachers from like the 70s who developed this idea that there are like spiritual realms and each of the realms have their kind of their own characteristics. But Mm -hmm. I don't think you can detach that from her fraught relationship Mm -hmm. with like with race and racism yeah it's in in, in this country when you brought up that 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 point about and i didn't know that she'd been accused of the appropriation thing with her style of preaching but when you combine that there's just something weird about i was once um in a i don't want to give too much information about this so as to implicate anyone from the past (laughs) or present but i was once Uh i was once in a religious scenario where some people were doing a pentecostal charismatic thing where they were trying to um this was a long time ago actually quite a long time ago like decades ago uh-huh. trying to cleanse a space of okay. objects that they thought might be bringing let's just say bad bad juju bad energy into the space okay um, i don't know if they would have put it that way but and the things that they were suspicious of were things that they thought were maybe made in foreign countries or oh. in particular an object that looked, that looked african oh no i remember someone saying and so and I wasn't even super like hip to these kinds of like discussions then, but I even remember being in a state of like just, you know, stupidity that I was as like a 19 year old thinking, wait a sec, that doesn't sound yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I even knew even stupid 19 year old Brian knew then. Of course, I didn't say anything. I just sat and watched. I didn't know. But I think that that's a so that there you have the opposite idea, not just that they're the African angels are like more powerful or bring some kind of exotic spirituality yeah, spiritual, but here the yeah. idea that it's also dangerous like africa is this other that could be either dangerous or helpful just depending yeah i think it's really interesting so i would guess that a lot of the people who were fans of what she's doing and and the interesting thing about her is i don't really know how many people she represents i yeah. mean she has she's been a televangelist for a long time mm-hmm. um but it, televangelists are sort of tricky some of them have really wide global audiences that people in the states are totally unaware of Mm -hmm. and then some of them just look like they have global audiences so it's hard to say how many people she represents but for the people to whom she makes sense Mm -hmm. um the the good or the the in-depth critical race theory lens Mm -hmm. which i think is is really important for understanding her and how what she's doing and what she's saying i think that they are completely unfamiliar with that discourse Mm -hmm. and probably thought that she was praying for spiritual protection Mm -hmm. for the president Mm -hmm. 
which I think gets at there's a big gap between the people who are thinking that the Trump presidency is a spiritual must and what those who and that that it's so spiritually important that democracy doesn't mm-hmm. even make it is way farther down on the list <laughs> compared to like yeah. the spiritual importance of Trump. I think there's just a huge gap between folks who are like, yep, that's how the world ought to be. And the people who have no idea that that conversation happens in that way. Uh, that doesn't make m- much sense. Do you think this has, do you think this, this spiritual warfare back and forth thing has, has legs in, 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 in the months and year to come? Well, I think it, it's clear that it does, right? Like people are making these big claims based on, like I saw Franklin Graham, who is no one's idea of a zany charismatic. No, no. Right? He's like the, the picture of staid. He's a, a staid, traditional, middle-class, white evangelical legacy. Mm-hmm. And he was praying prayers that in content aren't, like it, the principle of them is not all that different from what Paula White was was praying these whoa what do you think these heady times call for the correct kind of funding let's say you got to pay you got to pay for it you got if if you really need certain things to happen you got to start you got to start calling on principalities and powers my friend (laughs) i think that's the lesson (laughs) you're like a weird weird religion lesson i think to me the lesson is what is this idea that religion is not important in the american body politic we got to throw that out it's because no. we're seeing like it's critical to understanding this moment, right? Yeah, I think so. Hey, thanks for listening, weirdos. Why did you say it so derisively? Uh, it's a compliment. <laughs> it is. For extras on subjects covered in this episode and other related jokes and miscellany, do not forget to follow us on the socials and visit our website, weirdreligion.com. This episode was produced by Leanne Drain and Ryan Smoke at our new studio space, The Bunker. Our theme music is by Cassie Blum and our artwork is by John Williams. A special shout out to the Wabash Center for Teaching and Learning in Theology and Religion for their support for these new episodes. Remember when you podcast, podcast with us.